everybody, and welcome to What's in Your Hometown, where we talk about the dirty little shit in your backyard. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Yes, thank you for joining us. I'm Julia. This wonderful... Sick. (laughs) (laughs) Ball of sick. This wonderful wonderful ball ball of sick. sick. (laughs) Across from me is Sam. Hi. Uh, I contain the plague. It's just... (laughs) Hanging out, having disco parties. Yep. Fun. It's all right. Um, Oh, and today is our Fallout special. Yep. Fallout 76 was just released. No association with Fallout. We are not advertising for it. No. Not even sort of close. I haven't bought the game yet. Well, I did accidentally. It's for for PC. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Yeah, this is the Fallout episode because Fallout 76 just came out. I think it'll be... When this episode drops, it'll be like a week since or fall. so. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's brand new, which means people will have time to go through wonderful West Virginia and bitch and complain that there's no storyline. <laughs> there's no storyline, and there's no NPCs, and we didn't sign up for this. I signed up for a very beautiful pixelated tour through my <laughs> home state. That's what I wanted. That's what I got. I am very happy. <laughs> I'm very excited about it. Like, I haven't decided... I'm going to wait for the first couple of patches to come out and for them to work out the bugs and really get it up and running before I spend $60 on it. Yeah. But I have tried to get my hands on every single YouTube video. Yeah. That's like a playthrough. And so far, it looks wonderful. Because we're we're West Virginia girls, and this is like the one thing about our state like every once in a while west virginia rises to the map it's like once in every 40 years this is ours <laughs> yep and like everything is in it my high school is in it like our college is our in college it. is in it your hometown is in it which... unknowingly <laughs> no idea well like i didn't know that Lake Shawnee was in Mercer County, the place I was raised for most of my life. <laughs> I had no idea. I have been on every single back road in Princeton. I have never once crossed Lake Shawnee, but it's there. And now it's my ultimate mission to find it. Yeah, you'll go back eventually. Yeah, when I'm poor and desolate and have nowhere else to go. <laughs> Isn't that how everybody winds up in their hometown? They're poor. They, they branch out and then they... Lose all their money to the Wolf of Wall Street. And- <laughs> Pretty much. Either that or like, I just want to be closer to my family, which is probably not going to be the case. I'm good. Uh, you might want to go back and be closer to like your siblings. Yeah. If they like have kids and desperately need help. Uh, no, they can come to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got really off the point. What were we saying? Oh, this is <laughs> this is the Fallout episode where we're going to talk about some of the monsters that might be in the new Fallout game. I haven't played all the way through it. Uh, you haven't gotten the game yet, but by the, but by the time this drops, people will have been in the game. Yep. You'll see uh, a digital version of our state remastered in the nuclear Fallout, which is coming, and... And we are equipped. And we are super equipped for the nuclear fallout. Uh. West Virginia was really well equipped for nuclear fallout, and they put this game in exactly the right spot. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a beautiful game. The only thing I don't like, I don't have a problem with the game. I don't have any, like, objections to the game. I just want to, like, 
I want to be a tourist. I, like, mm-hmm. I, I need Bethesda to make, like, tourist level where it's just people from West Virginia going around to see what you included and you can't kill them. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. And it has, like, a little, like, over your head, it just says tourist. I'll I'll accept that. It can say loser, too. I don't care. Just, <laughs> let, me, just let me go around my state and see where things are. So we're really excited about the drop of Fallout because, like I said, West Virginia only resurfaces in the public eye like once when a witch summons it. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's not usually for good things. Yeah. But here we are. And I hope this will be for a good thing. I hope that it's going to be well received. And from what I've heard so far, you either really love the game or you really hate it. Yeah. There's not much of a middle ground. So we've covered a few of the monsters that have appeared in Mm -hmm. Fallout before on this podcast. We've covered the Mothman and the Snallygaster. And uh, Sheep Squatch. And, oh, is Sheep Squatch in there? I don't know if Sheep Squatch is in there, but it, I didn't know that it was, even though you talked about it, I didn't know it was a West Virginia thing. No, it's absolutely, it's a West Virginia thing. Oh, God, all my timers. Okay. <laughs> Fine. Um, just slowly losing my mind. So, it's, I mean, it happens to all of us. It's just happening a little quicker to you. <laughs> I'm Benjamin buttoning through it. Like, Benjamin buttoning through it. <laughs> Jesus. Um, anyway, so we've got a couple additional Mm. features for you i've got a place and a monster and i well i guess i have i have a place and a monster too okay yeah but um this might be a a shorter episode because they're not very long myths or legends they're sort of shorter legends but it packs a whole bunch of uh local history yeah so, we thought, since West Virginia is now a state to the rest of the, the United States <laughs> the United again, States. it's not just that hidden place in the woods, uh, we, would talk, <laughs> <laughs> we would talk more about some of the monsters indigenous to West Virginia. And we did rock, paper, scissors, and I lost. So, <laughs> I'm going first this time. Okay. Do you want to trade off like you do one, I do one? Yeah. Okay. I'd like that. Good. Okay. Happy to do it that way. Thank you. You're welcome. It's so late right now. We've never recorded an episode this late before. It is Thanksgiving break, so we could sleep in tomorrow. It's just I'm a little bit delusional. All right. So what do you have for us first? Okay. So speaking of Lake Shawnee, uh, today I have uh, the Lake Shawnee abandoned amusement park. Caught in, well, we'll get into it. <laughs> <laughs> so Lake Shawnee is is an abandoned amusement park in West Virginia, <laughs> in Mercer County, in Princeton, which is where I've lived for a large swath of my life and didn't even know it. And I'd heard the stories of Lake Shawnee because there's that one haunted abandoned amusement park in West Virginia. You're going to know about the one. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know where it was, and I didn't know the history behind it, and I didn't know why it was abandoned or why it was haunted. So when we were looking for places that might be in Fallout, and I believe Lake Shawnee is actually in Fallout because I've seen, <laughs> I haven't gotten there. I've seen the map. There's Ferris wheel. That's literally the like one of the two rides at the Lake Shawnee Amusement <laughs> Park. So, <laughs> so um, the devastating history with Lake Shawnee starts with Native Americans. Um, that first inhabited the area. 
um, while they were uh, the main people on the land, a, a, a quote unquote sweeping sickness swept over the land and killed um, a lot of the tribes there. But it only like they excavated it a few years, um, a few years ago, and they found the Indian burial ground. And it was mostly women, like old women and children. It wasn't like... So like people who would be vulnerable to sickness. Yeah. But here's the thing. Ever since then, like Lake Shawnee has just eight children. It's just <laughs> just targeted towards children. What? Yeah. Wait a second. Listen to this. So um, Mercer County was home to a Native American tribe until 1783. When farmer Mitchell Clay and his family settled onto the land now known as Lake Shawnee. The locals didn't take this well. Because by settled, I mean they took the land. (laughs) There wasn't like any agreement where they were like, I'm just going to settle here. No, they were like, screw all of you. This is now our farm. Uh, So the native tribes (laughs) didn't like it. (laughs) Yeah. Like like how we settled most of America. (laughs) I was going to say, you know, white people. Yeah, white people. (laughs) It's... Every single story that I hear from across America, whenever it deals with Native Americans, it just it doesn't end well. No. It doesn't. We were terrible. We were, we that are was like monstrous people. One of the largest genocides in the history of the world. And everybody is just like And it's just sort of like oh well. it's almost like cartoonized you know like we have thanksgiving where we say thanks for helping us survive and then committed mass genocide against you (laughs) and like thanks for letting us take your food yeah you don't know there's there's nothing in history books about like you you get to know about the trail of tears but even that's like and then there was the trail of tears and then later on You right, just like, I had to get to college completely. before I learned about almost any of this yes. in a classroom setting. So the the Native Americans didn't take their land being taken over very well. Uh, they saw it as an encroachment upon their land, and it sparked a violent turf war. Uh, rightfully so. I mean, yeah. There were small skirmishes for a while. It wasn't anything big until uh, Clay left the family alone on the farm to go hunting. Okay. Mm-hmm. During that time, a band of Native Americans ambushed the settlement and butchered some of the clay kids. I, it wasn't all of the clay kids, and his wife was okay, but it was the ones that they found immediately outside. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Bartlett, the youngest son, was taken down by an arrow while he was with his older brother Ezekiel trying to build a fence around the property (laughs) we had this conversation about how ezekiel is never like (laughs) it's never an okay name like the you meet people called ezekiel and they live like in the middle of nowhere they really like the bible and they may or may not eat people that's ezekiel (laughs) yeah well like i feel like whenever you have a name unless it's like a very popular very generic name it comes with a personality type it does and this one comes right out of a gothic painting it does Mm -hmm. also bartlett but i know i don't know i like bartlett well see bartlett to me we have the bartlett house in morgantown which is like our local homeless shelter oh i thought i was about to say it's like fun (laughs) bartlett bartlett no 
Okay, so not so fun. Um, <laughs> but Bartlett was the first one to go down. He was shot with an arrow while he was um, building a fence around the property. The next child to die was Tabitha, their only daughter. Uh, oh. She tried to steal a knife to defend the family because she saw her brother go down, so she ran out and was trying to steal a knife to defend the family, uh, but missed, and they just stabbed her to death while she was trying to avoid oh, being kidnapped. No. Yeah. Uh, the eldest son, Ezekiel was taken hostage into the backwoods and grew up and started eating people. That's not the story. (laughs) Ezekiel was taken hostage, but soon after being taken, he was uh, tied to a stake and burned alive. Oh, shit. Yeah. So Clay came home. That's brutal. All this had happened and was not particularly happy. Yeah, I I can't imagine you would be. So, and I want you to know that this is the phrasing that was on Wikipedia. So he rounded up every, quote, willing white man, and together they hunted down every Native American they came across. Didn't matter if they had anything to do with the original killings. As long as you were Native American, you were going to die that day by Clay's hands. Um, when his bloodlust was satiated, he returned home, buried his family, and left the land forever. Okay. For almost 150 years, Give or take. Um, after Clay left, the land remained just empty. Nobody wanted to touch that shit with a 10-foot pole. I wouldn't want to either. Except for one <laughs> dreaming businessman in the 1920s called uh, Conley. Oh, no. Snedow? Called Conley. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so bad with names. Mr. Conley. Mr. Conley. Purchased the property with grand plans of building an amusement park. Um, of course, his plans went awry via death. So, oh. here's the thing. He wanted to build an amusement park. He built a Ferris wheel in one of those, like, swings that, like, spin you around in the air. Yeah. And then, like, cleaned the pond and was like, it's open for business. That's not an amusement park. That is not an amusement park. That is two rides in a pond. That's That's a park. With extra. (laughs) And for some reason, I'm very mad that it's called an amusement park. Well, I mean, you don't really find Ferris wheels places that are not amusement parks. Excuse you. There is one huge one in England for no fucking reason. (laughs) There's, well, piers, I guess, are sort of amusement parks. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Boardwalks. Boardwalks. This wasn't an amusement park, though. It was two rides in a park. It was two rides in a park, and that was it. And he, I assume he charged people an inordinate amount of money, inordinate amount of money to come ride two rides and swim in the goddamn lake. <laughs> it's like the beginning of Roller Coaster Tycoon, when you can afford one eating stand, one food stand, and one ride. And what ride do you have? The goddamn Ferris wheel. <laughs> That's what it is. You've got to start somewhere. You have. This is just early and, roller coaster. Tracking. And you said this went awry via death. Yeah, but it was around for a few years, and he never like. From what I could tell, there were no more rides added to it. From what I can tell, there aren't really a lot of people in Mercer County that want to go to an amusement park. They're all busy in the mines. You do not know us. <laughs> we. We are bored out of our fucking minds. 
<laughs> you wanna, you have to drive 30 minutes out of your way in any fucking direction to get to a goddamn Walmart. We will take Sunday off for an amusement park just to say we went. <laughs> It's having flashbacks. I can tell. Of isolation. Okay, so his non-amusement park um, didn't go well from the beginning. Uh, Soon after the park was opened, it claimed its first victim when a boy drowned in the pond. That's unfortunate. Yeah. But... That's not like you have a pond. People drown, like people up the road from my mom. There's like four people that drown there a year. Yeah, so, uh, people. Yeah, like I like. If you don't want to drown. That's maybe a don't death go associated with the park, but that's not an amusement park death. You know. No. Uh, however, <laughs> then the amusement park death started happening. Oh, okay. Um, then a little girl who was described in this article, I found as in a pink ruffled dress, met her end. Uh, after she climbed into the swings, presumably to ride them, as they were the one of two attractions at this park, a delivery truck who was backing up to make a delivery ran over her. In the swing? Yes! That's my thing. Is like, that's the story I found on multiple sites. It does not and has not made any logistic sense. Okay. Like, if she was walking to the swing... I feel like that's maybe what happened. Like, she was walking to get on the swing, and then he didn't see her and backed up over her. But everything I found is, like, she was she was in the swing, and then he was just going to back up to an amusement park ride? I feel like if you back into the ride... That's a problem, That's too. your fault. Yeah. Those are kind of big and flashy and hard to miss, I yeah. think. Even, like, the little dinky ones. You don't tend to back in, and you certainly don't tend to back into those fast enough to crush a child, a child to death. Yeah, I'd be like, if anybody has a better idea of what the story is, please write into us because all I was able to find in like all of my sites was she was on the swing, he backed into her and killed her. But like I said, it doesn't make any logistics sense. So like, she died then. Okay. Well, um, that sucks. Very a few sorry years later, her. a little girl was found dead behind the ring tossed kiosk so i guess he did add more attractions you know when he got that money from roller coaster like <laughs> every year from roller coaster tycoon um so a few years later a little girl's found dead behind the ring toss there was no indication whatsoever what had killed her there were no marks on her body they really couldn't find anything oh. i mean it's it's the 1920s they didn't have great forensic science or autopsy no but i mean you just find a dead little kid but it was just this dead little girl and there was no indication as to why and they labeled it natural causes but i mean it makes you wonder um the final tragedy uh claimed the lives of two brothers while riding the ferris wheel the siblings started to wrestle causing the ferris wheel car to shake and eventually it tilted so far or well when they got to the very top they it tilted so far that they fell out. Oh. Now the youngest brother hit the ground and died immediately. The eldest brother held on for ten minutes screaming for help that Oh my god. They couldn't get to him in time and he lost his grip and fell to the ground. Yeah. That is an amusement park death. Yes. That's horrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine. And I sort of feel bad for the park. A lot of, like, a lot of tragedies had hit, but not one of them was really the park owner's fault. Like, that, it was just kids 
doing what they shouldn't have done in a Ferris wheel. Strap your kids into the Ferris wheel. Though. Yeah, and these weren't like I mean, these were this was in the nineteen twenties. They didn't the Ferris wheels didn't have cages in them at that time. It yeah. was like you got in the Ferris wheel, you had this little bar that went across your lap, and it was you knew to sit still. <laughs> yeah. But it's just it's a horrible death. I mean, it's a horrible death. That is really awful. Uh after this, uh the park closed down. Okay. And it remained closed until 1966. Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. It remained closed since 1966. So okay. it really hasn't been reopened. Ever. At one point, they wanted to do um, a uh, housing community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they went in, they dug up the Indian burial ground, and were like, nah. <laughs> we'll just, we'll leave this here. We won't touch the land. We're just going to go. I've seen poltergeist. <laughs> like, that is the first appropriate treatment of a burial ground. I know. Like ever. So they, like, they just left it. They were like, nope. So now the land and its two rides are just left there to rot and rust into the woods. Damn. And it's supposed to be super haunted. There are multiple accounts of uh of like little things like people have seen little girls in the park and then people have felt like the air go cold or the swings will swing without any wind or stuff like that yeah but that is the lake shawnee amusement park just this desolate non-amusement park that sits in mercer county okay yeah that is terrifying i know and it's on the it's on the map for Fallout, and I can't wait to get there. I'm very excited to go see that. So, Jules, what do you have? My first should I do the place or should I do the monster? Uh, mine's a monster next. So it's your call. I'm gonna do the place. Okay, because I want to end with my monster. Okay. It's a really good story. Okay. So my place is Project Greek Island. Ooh. Uh, which is a super top secret or used to be super top secret nuclear fallout shelter that currently exists in real life West Virginia. Yes, this isn't like fallout nuclear fallout shelter. No, we had one for a very long time and it was kept mum for like ever. <laughs> and then one day they were just like, oh, we're not going to use this. Go ahead. Let tours go through it. <laughs> well, it wasn't even like... We're not going to use this. The Washington Post, after uncovering Watergate, was just like, I wonder what else the government is up to. They found out about this nuclear fallout shelter in the mountains, (laughs) and they were like, you guys won't believe this. (laughs) The government contract got shut off immediately, and then the Greenbrier was like, "This we could make some money with this. Let's have tours. You know what's great, though, is like, there were people who worked at the Greenbrier who knew it was there. And yeah. we talked about this earlier. Service people don't keep secrets well. Like, I, when I worked in, like, the service industry, I told everyone everything that happened to me. <laughs> Every single customer that, like, came in and annoyed me or was great or, I mean, anything. Everyone would know. I'd like call people immediately after something happened and be like, "You will never, you will guess. never believe this." So the fact that these people, I sh- I'm sure the CIA influence had something to do. With I this. feel like maybe you would keep quiet a little bit easier if it's like, if you tell anybody about this, we'll kill you. We'll kill your family <laughs> and make you watch. Yeah. Like <laughs> maybe that would have a better effect 
on you than than just not. But anyway. No, I'd probably still tell people. I'm not great. It's a secret. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I'm bad with them too. Um the Greenbrier Hotel is the fanciest thing oh in God. all of West Virginia. It is old money. It is it real is old money. Fancy. It is gorgeous. It is stately. Yeah. It is like I've been there as a guest before. And I went probably when I was nine or ten. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom went and I went with her. And it I it's one of those where you're afraid to breathe wrong because everything is so much higher class yeah, than anything I've ever been around. Like it's so high class that like when I was little it was a mythical place. Really? We yeah. Were never gonna we were poor. We were never gonna go there. No. So it was just this mythical place near like the Greenbrier River and it was just beautiful. And we were too poor to set foot on there like paupers. So we never <laughs> went. Um, and, like, my parents were, I mean, we weren't, like, rich. Yeah. But my parents are attorneys. Like, they're just, we weren't poor, really. And so we went there once, and I was traumatized to the point that I have not (laughs) been back since. And every year my mom suggests to me, like, let's go spend a night in the Greenbrier. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Mama, I can't. The only time I've been to the Greenbrier was a school trip to see the bunker. And we didn't even get to eat at the Greenbrier because it was too expensive. No, it's too expensive. So you've actually seen the bunker? Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so cool. I've never seen it. Yeah, it's... I mean, I didn't even know what it was at the time. This was, like, in in elementary school. I'm sure Cody remembers it. I was with, like, we were in the same grade, so I was with him when we went to see it. But they took, like, elementary school kids to this underground bunker, and I think they thought we would like it more and we were really excited on the bus over, and then we got there, and it was just, like, a long tunnel with nothing interesting in it. And we yeah. were like, well, can we go home now? <laughs> <laughs> you packed all those PB&Js because we can't eat at the restaurant. Could we just, let's just take those outside and eat those, and we'll eat be good. We'll there's, be good. A, there's a playground. Let's yeah. do that instead. Well, like, it's it's a 120,000 square foot underground well, it's, concrete it's bunker, and it's made to house... 1100 people um it was supposed to house like congress proposed and initiated the building for this and approved the funds for it it's supposed to hold all 50 members of the senate all 435 members of the house and a full like all of their staff yeah and and the president of course and yeah and the president um but anyway it's it's a concrete bunker that's 70 feet underneath the greenbrier mm-hmm. and it's in shale. It's just, you're not getting to it. Nope. There are four exits. Uh, three of them are on the Greenbrier's grounds, and one of them is in the actual Greenbrier. Yeah, we, like, there's, when they took us through, like, the Greenbrier Hotel to get to it, and then took us out another way, but there's, like, a secret door in, mm-hmm. I, I believe, in the Greenbrier. If I'm remembering this correctly, I may have made this up in my small child mind. But if I'm remembering it correctly, there's, like, a secret door in the Greenbrier that can lead you down to the bunker door. Yeah. And it was really cool. That was a really cool part. Yeah. No, it's super cool. But it's, um, the actual, like, chamber itself, it's completely self-sustaining. 
It has a decontamination chamber. It has a 25-ton blast door mm-hmm. that you can open with 50 pounds of pressure. You, as a small child, could have opened a 25-ton door. Yep. Uh, I think you're overestimating how strong I was, even as a child. If you just fling yourself at it, just hold, just smack into the thing. I was like... After you weighed 50 pounds, that would have worked. Okay, yeah. In middle school. <laughs> very like skinny child um bones but anyway it was supposed to house the senate and the house of representatives and a full complement of aides uh it can house and completely sustain 1100 people it has a 25,000 gallon water storage tank with filtration a 14,000 gallon diesel fuel tank um a communications area a clinic a laboratory a pharmacy an intensive care unit like meeting they, rooms. They like, never intended this to be like a public thing. They never no, intended it to be a public no, thing. No, this was 100% strictly in case of emergency military stuff. Mm-hmm. It and was never supposed to be open to the then, public. Then the cover was blown and they were like, well, fuck, let's go to the next one. Yeah, <laughs> nope. They have. Remember when we built two, but we haven't told the second one, <laughs> like anybody about the second one? Right? Like, there has to be a second one out here because, like, it's still, we're still, there are still, like, and there were nuclear like, weapons in the world. They were like real blase about like, oh yeah, we have a bunker. You guys want to see it? It's open for tours now. They have a second. Mm-hmm. No, they have to have a second one. But anyway, it's just it's this massive structure. And the original article in the Washington Post that broke the article was just sass. <laughs> it was wonderful. And like it was a top secret military facility that was maintained as just a normal part of Mm -hmm. the Greenbrier's operations. Like, there was a a fleet of TV repairmen that would wander around the hotel. Mm -hmm. And if you needed your TV fixed, they would come fix it. But they worked for, like, an independent contractor. They weren't actually employed by the hotel. Yeah. And they were, like, very highly trained, very specialized government agents that were meant to keep this place running and on high alert and fully functional all the time and then could also fix your TV. (laughs) It's just... I'm more amazed by the TV part. It sounds like something (laughs) out of a science fiction novel. It It really really does. does. And it sort of is. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of fallout. Like, it's sort of... No, the game. It, it really is yeah. the game. Bethesda had... Um, Minus the horrible things that the bunkers were actually built for. <laughs> but no, like, Bethesda hosted, like, before Fallout came out, they hosted a a retreat there for the game developers yeah. where they could go and see the actual bunker and they could go and play the game in the Greenbrier mm-hmm. and, like, eat the fancy food and do all this stuff. Because... It made it into the game, mm-hmm. and it was sort of the inspiration for, you know, hey, the guess bunker. what, guys? Yeah. <laughs> this You guys want to see a real, actual, functioning nuclear Bun- yeah. fallout vault? Here you go. Yep. Um, anyway, according to the Greenbrier, its contract was cut with the government mm-hmm. um, in 1995, and the story in the Washington Post broke in 1992. Oh. I think it was broken probably a a bit sooner than that yeah but i don't know anyway now they use it um for tours and a lot of it is private data storage yeah which i'm just gonna throw this out there 
West Virginia would be a really great like second Silicon Valley because we have really cheap land that would be great for data farms. And it would just be like you just want to be outside when you're a programmer because you sit inside all day. We have really pretty stuff here. Yeah. We don't have the infrastructure for it, but it wouldn't take a great uh, deal of resources. And then you could build like a high speed railway to get you to D.C. and New York in a couple of hours. And it would just be fantastic. That's my idea. It's not going to happen. It's a great idea. (laughs) It is a great idea. I mean, it'd sort of be an ideal place. We're at the tail end right now of the trees changing colors. So during that that time when... I mean, people come from all over the country to see our trees change Yeah, no. West Virginia's leading industry right now is tourism. Tourism. And like... We have so many parks. We do. We have so many parks... And it's so pretty here. It's all pretty. And the land is so cheap. You yeah. can get so much of it for no money. And you can build your own infrastructure. And I get that that's a lot. But, like, it wouldn't be a horrible investment like hey, it would be if anyplace else. Up, we have a bunker. <laughs> <laughs> right? If things go tits up, we have a bunker. And not just that, like, West Virginia doesn't really have a whole lot of natural disasters like you're seeing in the rest of the world. Uh, we get... Um, we tornadoes get tornadoes sometimes, and but floods. Oh, God, we get such bad we floods, get, though. Floods really are, are kind of our big thing. Our but thing. you know what? You want to know what people have learned how to do over the years? Not build houses near rivers? Control floods. Oh, okay. Like, that's out of the natural disasters. Yeah. That's kind of the one where we can grab hold Damn of it, it up and, and, and get yeah. a handle on it. Um, it would also be a really great place to have, like, secondary, like, oil refineries... Welcome to our podcast. Let's re- rejuvenate West Virginia. Please bring money here because <laughs> we bring- need it. We're dying. <laughs> Please bring us money. Um, do you remember when our sign is it? Do you remember when our sign was open for business and yes. people lost their goddamn minds? Yeah. Well, we can't manage to find a state motto that doesn't make us sound like prostitutes. That is it, true. It was wild and wonderful, and then it was open for business. And now it's back to wild and wonderful. And wonderful, yeah. People were so mad about open for business. They were furious. Oh my god! And everybody was like, "Open for business, but not for sale." I'm like, "What? What is? Have you lived here? I don't think you've lived here. <laughs> yeah, we're for sale. Have Please you noticed? <laughs> <laughs> right now we have Joe Manchin and like take us, just just integrate Ooh. us into anything. And West Virginia wait, functions. We a have little. Joe Manchin and um, what's his name? The crazy coal baron that has lost his fucking mind. Don Blankenship. Don Blankenship. He's around still. Oh god, he's crazy. Don't like him. He is insane. Yep. Clinically, I think. Like, I think <laughs> and I'm not saying like crazy into like, oh, that's a crazy guy. No, I mean, I think he's clinically crazy. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I can't diagnose somebody. Yeah, but we like can't say definitively. Take a take a look at that. But on a meter, it's leaning closer. Hashtag late stage capitalism. Oh god. <laughs> That's all this is. All right. But anyway, that is kind of the fallout bunker. You can go and visit it in the game. The Greenbrier in the game is gorgeous and it's very accurately portrayed Ooh. as far as the visuals of it go. yeah well the game is i mean it's beautiful it is beautiful although i have to admit they did not get some parts 
of Morgantown right. Oh, no. Like, we got into... Uh, Cody and I were playing the other night, and we got into Morgantown, and they have, like, Woodburn Hall, and that, like, that's the that's the university. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, they... I mean, they, they took liberties. They weren't making, like, a replica of West Virginia, but we're just yeah. so excited that there's trees and accents that we're like, do whatever you want. He did a really good accent, too. He did like, a they, really it good sounds West like Virginia us. accent. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And the Appalachia radio is on point. Absolutely. It's just so good. Okay. We're just so happy. Like, I know a lot of people have problems with it, but I don't think you're going to find somebody in West Virginia who hates it because we're just like, it's our state. (laughs) (laughs) We live here. We live here. Thank you. I want to find where my house is and make a bunker. Yes. Um, But anyway, that's Project Greek Island. That's the bunker the real life you can go to it and take a tour bunker bunker and it made it into the game and i'm so excited yeah we're yep we're excited period all right your turn all right so my monster for this episode is the flatwoods monster when we exited the bunker i say we my roommate cody and i are um alternating playing the game just because we really only want to see the sights. And yep. so there's, like, combat going on. So, like, I'll take the combat action. And then he'll take, like, the sightseeing because he's better at sneaking. So <laughs> we're alternating in between each other. But um, we got out of the bunker and then almost immediately ended up in Flatwoods. And we're so excited to see a sign that said Flatwoods that we we <laughs> lost our fucking minds. We were like, it's Flatwoods! <laughs> Just for some context. Yeah. There's nothing in Flatwoods. There is. There's there's the Flatwoods monster. There is the Flatwoods monster and some fast food restaurants because it's close to the interstate. And trees. Some trees. Yep. People are optional. Yep. <laughs> so Flatwoods. There's the Flatwoods monster. Um, so on uh, at 7.15 on September 12th, 1952, two brothers, Edward and Fred, uh, May and their friend Tommy Hire said they saw a bright object cross the sky and land um, on the local farm of uh, G. Bailey Fisher. And <laughs> Say that again? G. Bailey Fisher. Okay. I thought G. Bailey was a name. <laughs> and I'm like, that's not. That's a new one. Nope. <laughs> G. Bailey. <coughs> uh, nope. That actually sounds like someone's going to name their kid that. Yeah. Doesn't it? Don't give people ideas, Julia. Brentley or Michaela or whatever. Like <laughs> we got really off topic. Okay, so the brothers saw this like bright object cross the sky. So they went home and told the story to Kathleen May. Uh May then accompanied the boys, uh local the boys and local children, Neil Nunley, Ronnie Shaver, and a West Virginia National Guardsman, Eugene Lemon, to the Fisher Farm. To locate what the boys what the boys had seen, uh, when they approached the top of one of the many hills in West Virginia, like don't think of farmland like you know it. it it's hilly farmland. You find a plot when you can find a plot, and yeah. then the rest of it's for grazing because it's mountains. Yeah. Uh, so they had found uh, they'd come up upon one of the hills on the farm, and they saw this pulsing red light. And I did write a note. I said, now remember, this is shortly before the Mothman phenomenon in Point Pleasant. Uh, The Mothman was happening in 1966. This is 1952. Um, Lemon said that he aimed the flashlight in in the direction of the pulsing light. 
and momentarily saw a tall, quote, man-like figure with a round, red face surrounded by a pointed hood-like shape. Uh, they all agreed that it later resembled, like, an ace from an ace of, like, the ace card. Okay. Mm-hmm. The figure was later described as being 10 feet tall with a round, blood-red face, a large pointed hood around the face, eye-like shapes which emitted greenish-orange light, and a dark black or green body. So, terrifying. Yeah. Um, Kathleen said the figure had, like, small claw-like hands and a head that remember that resembled days of spades. Uh, they also noticed a pungent mist that left them nauseated afterwards. Mm-hmm. According to the group, uh, the figure then made a hissing sound and, quote, glided towards them. It didn't walk. It just sort of floated on air towards them. But quickly, which is horrifying. I don't like that. No. So Lemon screamed and dropped his uh, flashlight, and then the whole group ran away. Of course, all of this has been... Ex- that was, like, the one thing that happened in Flatwoods. Mm-hmm. So, of course, it's all been explained away. Uh, if you are a realist, like yourself... Sometimes. You, yeah. <laughs> you might say that it was... Um, the light in the sky was most likely a meteor. It had been sighted... At, that meteor had been sighted in three different other states. Okay. Um, the pulsing red light was likely an aircraft hazard beacon, and the creature was probably an owl. Uh, with much like with the Mothman, the locals were not accepting this explanation <laughs> at all. Because with the Mothman, one WVU professor was like, it's just a crane. And everybody there went, fuck off. <laughs> it's the Mothman. It's the Mothman. It's not so a crane. That's sort of how Flatwoods went. Is like There was this very rational explanation and everybody went, it's aliens. Just let us have this. <laughs> So they embraced the creature. The Braxton County Convention and Visitors Bureau built a series of five tall chairs in the shape of the monster to act as a landmark for visitor attractions. The local museum is dedicated to the monster, sort of like uh, Point Pleasant as the Mothman Museum. Mm -hmm. And every year, the town of Flatwoods holds its annual festival called Flatwoods Days in celebration of the the monster. Ooh. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, also, fun fact, I told you this and my mind was blown. Fun fact, according to Wikipedia, the monster makes an appearance in The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask, but instead of being green, it's purple. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love The Legend of Zelda games. Yes. And I haven't encountered it, but it's, the Flatwoods monster, I believe, is supposed to be in Fallout. Okay. Because you do have very clearly labeled Flatwoods. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's no other reason for putting that on the there's map. There's no other reason for that. <laughs> and rounding out this episode, bringing it back to my backyard, we're going to talk about the Grafton monster or yes. the beast of Grafton. This was a monster that was um, it was in all the early trailers, and it is scary as hell. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it. Just, I don't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, for context, my mom currently lives about eight miles outside of Grafton. <laughs> oh, shit. I did uh, not realize that because I, I apparently don't know where places are. Yeah. So. <laughs> nope. We're just, we're right close to Grafton. And we're out in the middle of the woods. So you are out in the middle of the woods. This, I mean, most of the time we think it's bears, but it might I be. I am confident that your mother can take this monster on head on and win. Yeah. <laughs> 
confident with a confidence that I, I don't have for my own self in any daily activity. I feel like mama's going to be fine. I don't have that confidence to get out of bed and I do it every day. But your mother would definitely win in a battle against the Grafton yes. monster. The Beast of Gra- Oh, yes. Yes, she would. All right. So like to give you a little bit of background. And wait, I'm sorry, because yep. now it's an image in my head with <laughs> Flourish. She would be smoking a cigarette in in like it's not pajamas, but like day wear you know that sort of i'm gonna stay home today just be comfortable smoking a cigarette screaming <laughs> this monster to get off her property <laughs> glorious glorious just i don't even know that she would be smoking a cigarette but like one would for sure be hanging out of her out mouth, of her mouth. One yeah. way and uh were she a younger woman <laughs> She would chase that thing off of her body yeah. with a frying pan. Absolutely. Cast iron, just yep. over the head. The only kind of pot frying pan. Yeah. Um, if you don't, I, I'm living in sin. I don't have a cast iron skillet, and that is absolutely a sin in West Virginia. What is wrong with I, you? I know. I know. They're $14. I, I know. They're heavy. And we don't have a place to put it because they're big. They are big. And I don't want to just leave it on top of my stove all the time. Because mm. when we do that now, it's all dirty dishes and it drives me crazy. So I'm just going to see that on top of my stove all the time and I'm going to be like, it's dirty. But it's not because it's seasoned. But <laughs> move on. It's me and the right. struggle with a cast iron. Anyway, so like to give you all just a little bit of background on Grafton. It is nowhere close to anything. Mm-hmm. It's an old railroad town that had a big boom at the turn of the 20th century and it has this beautiful gorgeous sprawling big city architecture downtown and it is fabulous and you cannot give that property away now (laughs) 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 there is nothing close to Crafton. it is in the middle of farm and forest and like it's a long route 50 yeah i think no, it's a long route, 250. But, like, it's it's along some, some state roads. Like, it's not inaccessible. It's not really difficult to get to. Yeah. It's just out of the way. It, it is out of the way. And they have Walmart, and they have some fast food places, and they have a mechanic. And so, like... That's all you need. It's n- by far not the smallest place that yeah. we've talked about. And it is the birthplace of a national holiday. So, there. What holiday? Mother's Day. Oh! <gasps> Grafton really was the first town, the birthplace of Mother's Day. Robert Irvine went and did a Mission Impossible there a couple years ago, and uh, it was a catastrophic failure because he couldn't get any of his food. <laughs> there was nothing close. <laughs> I just like the idea that Mother's Day started yes, in Grafton. No, Mother's Day started in Grafton. The person who started Mother's Day started it in Grafton. Huh. I never knew that. Fun yep. facts. Um, but anyway, it and Grafton has had sort of a steady decline over the years. Yeah. Well, so is from West about nineteen sixty to about now. It's not a whole lot smaller. Yeah. Like nineteen sixty five is when this happens. So it's just it's not a terribly diverse place. Yeah. And it's not a terribly exciting place. <laughs> There's not, like, 
the roads aren't lit at night unless somebody happens to have a street lamp in their yard that they're willing to pay for. <laughs> yeah. Like, you drive out on some back roads, it's dark, and it's scary at night. Um, And this takes place at 11 p.m., the first oh, sighting, no. first recorded sighting, at 11 p.m. on June 16th, 1965. The beast was first spotted by a young reporter for the Grafton Sentinel named Robert Cockrell. He was driving home along Riverside Drive, which sort of follows along the Tiger River. Okay. He was going about 50 miles an hour that night, which is just not unreasonable. That's pretty right. <laughs> that's just, that's super normal. Yeah. You, If you know that road. There's, like, we, we're so used to driving on our roads that we really don't realize how dangerous they are. <laughs> So, like, if 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 somebody from West Virginia has rode your ass in West Virginia, it's because we're used to going 85 everywhere. everywhere. And then we know that curves, if you don't regularly drive them, like, it's just something we do. We know that once you go into it, you let off the gas and then you gun it when you're in it. Yep. That's, that's something we know, but it's not something that a lot of other people experience. And mm-hmm. so we apologize. We're just so very used to it. <laughs> and we're always late. So Anyway, I think the location of this sighting is like the most improbable thing out of the entire thing. Okay. So <laughs> Riverside Drive has about as a straight oh, stretch yeah. of road <laughs> that's about a mile long. Yeah. And I challenge you to find anywhere in the Appalachian Mountain chain, in the heart of the chain, yep. that has a mile of road that is a straight stretch. That is a straight stretch. You, I like you told me it was on a straight stretch, and I was like, "Those things that don't exist in West Virginia, those yeah, things? those things those for a mile. Like yeah. a mile is not a short distance. Yeah, it's it's a mile." Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, he rounded a wide curve into a mile-long straight stretch, and he saw something in his headlights that he immediately knew was wrong. Ooh. Was uh, it like a gut feeling? It was a gut feeling. Oh. It freaked him out. Oh, no. Uh, he described what he saw as a huge white obstruction on the right side of the road that was standing between the road and the riverbank in the cleared off section of grass. So he could see it really easily. There yeah. wasn't anything in the way. His headlights were on. No, it wasn't well lit around the area because well, nothing is. Yeah. But like, if you can see a deer that blends into the freaking surrounding yeah, in the middle of the this. winter. Yeah, you can see this giant white thing yeah. in the middle of June when everything is lush and green and beautiful. When was the first time you realized that deer are in zoos in other states? What? Yeah. What? There are deer in zoos because they're not, like, popular in, like, the West. That is the weirdest thing that I've isn't ever it heard the weirdest? in my I life. I found out when I went to Honolulu and they had deer in the in the zoo in Honolulu and I was like, what the fuck is a deer doing here? <laughs> and they were like, like little kids were enamored because deer are like really gentle. Yeah. So like they would like come to like the fence and just look at the little kids and you'd feed them and they loved it. And I was like, why the fuck is there a deer in a zoo? <laughs> I was uh, today years old when I learned that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, there's like <laughs> deer are our thing. <laughs> Had no idea. They're everywhere. They are everywhere. There's like six of them on the t- on the hill outside right of my now. house now. <laughs> we have neighborhood deer yes. in the middle of the city. Yes, well, city, but neighborhood deer. Yeah, <laughs> they're around. 
It's, I mean, it's insane how many deer are in West Virginia. So when I found out there were deer in zoos, I was like, y'all, you don't have to. <laughs> it's fun. Just go outside sometimes. Yeah. You'll see them. Um, but anyway, it was clearly and easily seen. And he just, he knew it was not right. He knew it was alive. Mm-hmm. And he knew it was not supposed to be there. So he... Gunned, gunned it. it yeah <laughs> down that straight stretch of road there was no stopping him he went home as fast as he could i would do and he got home and he sort of started to calm down and he was like i can't stop thinking about this yeah i have to go back out and look for it no i know <laughs> i was with him for a long time well, anyway, he gets home. He's like, I have to go back out and look for it, but I don't want to do it by myself. So he calls two of his friends, who are much better friends than I've ever been. I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to help you <laughs> look for a monster in Grafton. Thank you. You're welcome. I don't expect you to. Thank you. Because that's not a good thing to ask of other people. <laughs> it's like, what, what were we talking about where it was like, he he kept screwing over his friends. It was like, it was one of these podcast episodes where like, you're just a bad friend. <laughs> At some point, you're just a bad friend. At some point, this is one of those instances. Like when yeah. you see something that creates such a gut reaction in you that you fly home and you get there and you're like, "I should take Bobby out to see this." You're a you're bad, bad friend. friend. <laughs> anyway, the two of his friends they go with him and they try to search where he where they where he originally saw mm-hmm. the beast. And uh, he described it as being somewhere between seven and nine feet tall and about four feet wide. Yeah. And it didn't have, like, a discernible head. Oh. It was just a headless... Oh, I don't like that. near headless thing. Don't that like that. That was, like, white and covered in, like, seal skin. Oh, I, I don't like We're this like, more. No, I know. It's so creepy. Except I, I watched Walrus, like, last month <laughs> for Halloween, and now it's all I can think about. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it just, it it's not something that's supposed to be there. Yeah. Um, and they looked around this riverbank, and they couldn't find the thing, and they couldn't find a lot of evidence of the thing, except you could see where the, where uh, Cockerel originally saw it. The grass had pretty clearly been trampled by something that was very heavy. Oh my god. Um, what if it was like, what if it was like, Two people, or what if it was a guy that had just killed somebody and it was just like white tarp? And like, he's like, whoo, God, got away with that one. Stilts. Just. Stilts. <laughs> but no, uh, they looked for this thing for an hour and eventually went home and they were empty handed. Yeah, good. We- yeah. Um, but the entire time they were out, they heard this low whistling noise that just seemed very <gasps> unnatural. No, I don't like it. No. I um, don't like it. But anyway, they all went home, and Cockrell was a reporter. So he went in the next day, and he told his editor about it. And he's like, I just, I saw this thing, and it freaked me out, and I went to look for it, and I couldn't find it, but I want to write a story. And the editor was like, that, you're full of shit. that didn't happen i get it i'll let you write the story because this is grafton and nothing happens here (laughs) but i just want you to know that i think you're full of shit (laughs) (laughs) i've read there was an article published 
on June 18th and an article published on June 19th. Uh, and they are sassy. <laughs> they are just... I love sass. Yeah. But anyway, this, um, you know, it was the 60s. It was kind of like the heyday of cryptid hunting in America. Yeah. And the night after the first article ran, people came out in droves to look for this thing along Riverside Drive. It was bumper to bumper. There were teenagers out everywhere with their parents. Like, it was 1965. Oh, so it was like the year before Mothman. It was the year before the Mothman. Yep. No, it was like at the height Height. of it. Yeah. Um, They, you know, it's just... These articles, they're worth looking up. They're so funny. One of them uh, was called Monster is the Result of Spring Fever and Wild Imagination. (laughs) Like, it's so sassy. So did he write, like, a legit article and then his editor went, you're full of shit, we're going to call this Monster? (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the thing. The first article that was published was also kind of a sass pile. Okay. So... If he ever wrote a legitimate story, it didn't get published. Okay. Um, and eventually the monster hunting kind of died down after mm-hmm. people continued to not find evidence of it. And then, of course, the next year the Mothman popped up and everyone flocked to Point Everybody's Pleasant. gone. But anyway, Cockerell continued his search, like his own private search for this thing. Yeah. And he found sightings of it, documented sightings of it, up and down the Tiger River Valley as far north as Morgantown. Oh, Wow. Um, and he never published any of this, but he did eventually call in the Ghostbusters. I wish <laughs> he called in Gray Barker. Okay, uh, who was at the time the height of cryptid and UFO investigation. He was the guy that introduced the concept of the Men in Black oh. to the American conscience. Okay. Like, he was, and since then, he's been largely discredited. Yeah. Um, he was, most of the stuff that is associated with him is thought of as being tainted by self-serving deceit. So, like, he would set up these searches oh, and see. then write about them. Oh, I see. And he I was see. largely in it for financial gain. And he took away time from the serious UFO hunters. Oh, my goodness. Which I can't say with a straight face. <laughs> Listen, I'm sure, I'm sure there's aliens. No, because, I, I am too. Like, I just don't. The universe is too big. However, yeah. I don't really think they're going to give a shit about us. Uh, Barker came to West Virginia and he interviewed Cockerell. And got all of the details and and picked up this guy's story. And part of why I think that this is a more legitimate thing, even though Gray Barker has been part of it, is because Mm -hmm. Cockerell did so much work up front before he contacted Barker. Yeah. Like, this story started to build its own legitimacy before... He was involved at all, yeah. Before the the guy came in and was like, (laughs) money. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But anyway... uh, a lot of Barker's notes can be found. Um, they were eventually published in like a collection in West Virginia. Okay. And there were just, there was a lot. <laughs> there was a lot that went on. There was a lot that happened. There was, um, there have not been many sightings of it since the 60s. Yeah. But it did, like, it stuck around in pop culture. Um, it made its way into. A 2014 episode of Mountain Monsters. Yeah. It's obviously in Fallout 76 as one of the big scary things that is just going to beat you alive. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, and it's something that I grew up hearing scary stories of because we're just so close to it. Oh, gosh. I can't imagine. <laughs> that, Wait, and, like, well, I mean, to be fair, we also went on, like, yearly snipe hunts. So, Snipe hunts. Yes. So a snipe is a bird thing okay. that runs along the ground. And the way that you hunt one is you get a line of people with pots and pans on one side and a line of people with nets on the other side. And you have to make the nets, like, really secure yeah. so that it doesn't run through the gaps of the people. Yeah. And you bang on the pots and pans and you try to sort of corral this thing. But you have to be in a straight line or else it won't work because it apparently can't run out just the ends. You played Red Rover with an animal. Yep. <laughs> that is the strangest thing and- I've heard in this episode. <laughs> no, snipe hunts. We did them all the time. It was so much fun. And, like, okay, so, like, my favorite, can I just tell you, like, my favorite story from my childhood? Okay, so my neighbor Buddy used to get us around the campfire and tell us ghost stories. And he used to tell us ghost stories about Icy Snow Lake. Yeah. Who was a nice old lady who lived up in a house in the field. Wait, Icy Snow Lake is is a a lady? Okay. She was friends with my Nana. I have pictures of her. She was a real person. Okay. She had, like, a 25-foot black snake that just hung out on her porch all the time. And it was her pet. All right. And she died, and now she haunts the house that's up there and the field. Any particular reason why? Just because. Just, okay. I mean, she's not, like, vengeful or anything. She just likes it there. She just kind of hangs out with her snake. Her giant black snake. Oh, is the snake still alive? No. (laughs) Oh, it died, too, and now it's come back. But now it just, you know, they all just hang out there. Well, anyway, one year, whenever he was telling us about this story, because we would hear the same stories every year. Yeah. Uh... He pointed over and was like, and every so often you'll be able to see lights in these woods, and that's icy lighting up the night. Yeah. And he pointed over to the woods, and there were lights there, and people, it was two coon hunters who had flashlights. <laughs> oh, he saw that and, way before. Oh, he did. <laughs> but anyway, he pointed us over, and there were lights, and we were like, <laughs> <laughs> that's the best it is the best we had some good ghost stories when i was a kid um i would wake up on random days to cows in my yard they weren't our cows they started they (laughs) like they freaked me out when i when they first started breaking their fence and entering our yard and i like i remember the first time i did it or the first time they did it because like i woke up and there was all these cows and there were two strange men trying to get the cows back into their their yard yeah because i lived on a mountain in the middle of nowhere with farms yeah. So I like called mom, no answer. So I called Cody and I was like, if I die today, I want you to know it's the cow people. <laughs> Here's the thing. Like, I used to joke a lot because there was a it was a farm in between my house and the farm where I spent a lot of my time during the summer. I yeah. would go and help out on this farm because they had horses and I wanted to play with the horses. But I would go and do chores there. And my parents would pay the nice lady who owned the farm to keep me. Yeah. <laughs> because uh because it was me as a child. Yeah. And everybody else would have like big city traffic jams. Uh, and like that was why they were late to whatever summer activity. We had cows that were just in the middle of the road at least twice a summer that were just, they would just hang out in the road. They wouldn't go anywhere. Yeah. And we're just like, "Eh, this seems like a good place to stand. Yeah. No, like, there's no grass. There's no reason to be there. I just kind of want to hang out. I would wake up. Nobody was home. 
No. And there were just these these cows on our property. <laughs> Nobody, like, I had no idea where the fuck I was living. That we couldn't see our neighbors. I didn't know they existed. So there's just cows on our property. And these two random strangers there too. And I was like, oh, this is how I die. This is how I, this is how I go. It's been a good eight years. <laughs> oh god i'm so glad that that was your initial thought as an eight-year-old but anyway that was the story of the grafton monster and my sources for that one were the mothman wiki vgr.com the grafton sentinel west virginia ghost.com and the west virginia dark tourism book mm-hmm. and then my so- my sources for the uh the bunker were um we are the almighty.com vgr.com polygon.com and mysteries at the museum um, my sources were Wikipedia, the West Virginia Dark Tourism book, and then I believe it was the New York Daily Times. I don't know. It was it was one newspaper website with 800 ads, and it was very hard to read <laughs> whatever was going on. So uh, that's, of course, not the end of the West Virginia monsters. There's the Webster werewolf. There's Batboy. There's Bigfoot. I mean, there's Bigfoot's supposed to be in these hills somewhere. Oh, he's big here. Yeah. So there's there's all kinds of monsters, like little monsters. Little and not monsters, in stature little, but like little like yeah. little stories of monsters in West Virginia that you can look up that may or may not be in this game. I, I don't know. I haven't gone through all of it. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of little subtleties that they might have included. Yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, check, check West Virginia out. We have quite a lot of stories going on in this state. Listen, we didn't get connected with the rest of the world for quite some time, and all we had to do was sit up in the mountains with each other and tell stories. Yep. We have some good we stories. We have good stories. So yeah, check us out. Play a Fallout. Maybe and maybe now you'll just play it to see the state and not so much the story. <laughs> <laughs> like we're doing. Yep. So, um, yeah. I guess that's that's us wrapping up this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening and being patient with us this week. If it ever gets out to Bethesda, thanks Bethesda for doing our state right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. This I'm so excited about it. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to go and buy it and play it with all sorts of really fun people. And it's just going to be a good time. Yep. So if you want to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram at What's In Your Hometown or on Twitter. I almost said Wikipedia. Pod. We don't have our own Wikipedia. We don't page have our yet. own Wikipedia. We should just make shit up. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you can follow us on Twitter at wiyht. Yes. Um. There's. I think there's two tweets that I've put up there. But we haven't got any followers. So, uh, oh well. Um. We'll there's, work on it. There's there's more stuff on on Instagram. We started on Instagram. We're sort of home on Instagram. Yep. But uh, that's where you can follow us. If you have any of your own hometown stories, please write in to what's in your hometown at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess with all the crazy shit going on in the world, you have to ask yourself, what's in your hometown? Bye. Bye. Bye.